like I had just gotten into weightlifting when everybody found out that it was a possibility that we could go ahead and put together a women's team and that it was officially an Olympic sport. So I was kind of already there. It was like right when I stepped into the gym for the first time. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barband.com. Today, I'm talking to three-time Olympian in weightlifting, Cheryl Hayworth. Cheryl is one of America's most accomplished lifters, and she competed in her first Olympic Games, Sydney, where she earned bronze, when she was just 17 years old. That Olympic Games also marked the first time women could compete in weightlifting at the Olympic level. In this special episode of the Barbend Podcast, Cheryl joins us to look back on her experiences in Sydney 20 years ago, and what it was like to be among the first group of women Olympians to represent the United States in weightlifting. Also, I just want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend Podcast in your app of choice. I'd also recommend subscribing to the Barbend newsletter to stay up to date on all things strength. Just go to barbend.com slash newsletter to start becoming the smartest person in your gym today. Now let's get to it. Cheryl, thanks for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to chat with an old friend, fellow color commentator, and someone I've looked up to in weightlifting for a long time. So I, I have to take it back to the 2000. Sydney Olympic Games. It was the first year women could compete in weightlifting at the Olympics, which is insane. When is the moment that you knew you were going to be an Olympian heading into the 20, the 2000 games? Jeez. Gosh, that's a really great question. It, and it really, 20 years ago, David, 20 years ago. Um, and first of all, right off the top, thanks for having me. I love talking to you, David. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, so thank, just thanks for having me and for thinking of me. And uh, yeah, but that was, it was such a chaotic time because I remember when everyone found out, like I had just gotten into weightlifting when everybody found out that it was a possibility that we could go ahead and put together a women's team and that it was officially an Olympic sport. So I was kind of already there. It was like right when I stepped into the gym for the first time, uh, because before then, a lot of women, they just they did it because they loved weightlifting. There was no, you know, you go to the world championships and do that sort of thing. But there was there was no Olympic Games for you. And and so that's when everybody everything changed. It was it was about 1996. And I, I got really good at weightlifting really, really fast and it it was i think at first the first couple of years it was just sort of to see if that was a sustainable thing you know like because it's it's one thing getting strong really quickly and um doing well in competitions quite another thing to expect one to compete on the olympic stage in 4 years so it was a it was a process um I, I always had the confidence that i could make the team just just the way the events unfolded in my weightlifting life, I, I got trained to go to competitions and, and end up on top. Um, that's, and it was before everything hurt. 
I was a happy-go-lucky teenager, and everybody told me I was really great at it, right? Like, I had no, I had no references for anything in life. I didn't know how, you know, you don't know how it's supposed to go. Um, so I just had fun with it, and I believed from very early on that, that I was going to be on the Olympic team. Um, and, and everybody told me as much. And I, I, I accepted that because I, I saw myself getting stronger and I saw myself getting better at competing. Uh, so it became a goal of mine really, really quickly. When did I know that I was on the team? You know, it's one of those things where I was, I think I was ranked number one in the country the last two years. So maybe like 98, 99, um, I was the top female weightlifter in the country. So it, it was sort of like a foregone conclusion, but it's that thing, David, where if my mom's in the room talking about buying plane tickets to Sydney and the Olympic trials hasn't happened yet, I don't want to overhear that conversation. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not, I'm not on the team until I'm on the team, truly. So it's one of those things you don't want to count your chickens, right? So I, I knew it and, and I assumed as much probably the last two years of the quad, but I was still, it was very much up to me to make it happen, to go to uh, the competitions I needed to go to and, and um, fight for that spot. And that's what I did. And I was telling you a little bit earlier, I'm so glad that it happened that way and that I had that sort of momentum because in hindsight, it's a very terrifying idea to go to the Olympics as a, as a child, essentially. Um, but happy go lucky I was and, and just so excited to go to the continent of Australia and do the, you know, do the, the kid stuff of this is a new experience. I remember getting off the airplane in Australia and, being absolutely immediately fascinated that all the foliage and trees were completely different. I'd never seen trees the same way or bush. I'm like, what? I wonder what kind of flower that is. What is that bird doing? You know, all that stuff. Um, it, it was like being on a, di a different planet. So it, it was just in the excitement of it being the first time that a group of ladies could go to the Olympics. Right. So uh, I think we were all very much captivated by that. Um, we we had good camaraderie, and we were all very, very just fortunate and and grateful to be there. Uh, but yeah, if I did it all over again, I'd probably have like eight panic attacks. So, <laughs> well, we're gonna avoid that. And and your yeah, your youthful confidence was a strength because you had a fantastic games. Walk us through your competition session as you remember it? Mm. It's, it's a blur. It really is. As I remember it, and, and some things came back to me a little bit. We had a podcast recently on the USA Weightlifting Podcast where we, we got the ladies together. We had Tara Knott Cunningham. We had Kara Head Slaughter, myself, and uh, Robin Bird Goad, one of, one of the greatest uh, female um, weightlifters in the United States history that a lot of people are unaware of. And we were chatting about, uh, you know, the blisters on our feet from the hush puppies in the, in the opening ceremonies, you know, those brand new shoes, you don't have time to break them in yet. Uh, so some of the stuff came back to me, but the competition day, I remember arriving to the venue and my whole family was there. My parents and my two sisters 
And we were messaging back and forth because they're all excited. My sisters have the American flags uh, painted on their face. And I wanted my mom to braid my hair. That was my, my primary concern was to get, get my mom to do the double braid, you know. Um, I was originally a softball player after all, you know how they do the one, the, you know, the French braid, the one on each side. So I had to get all, uh, I had to get my hair did. And we sat right out in front of the venue in Darling Harbor uh, Convention Center. She braided my hair. And I remember I was really quiet, um, not too full of energy. Cause you know, and that's the thing sometimes in weightlifting, and I still don't understand sometimes people spending a lot of time getting themselves all like riled up. Like I'm always just trying to relax, you know? So, um, and, and my family got used to that over the years. You know, they, my mom, would go, Oh, what's wrong. She's not feeling good. My mom just, just, just trying to be cool, you know? So I was very, very quiet and I reassured them that I was feeling good and everything. Uh, I remember, Warming up for the snatches, the only thing I remember about that, I had a competitor, her name was Agatha Robel. And Agatha was the girl who would, and she was a, a Polish weightlifter. She was the girl who always finished ahead of me. If she got second place, I got third place. You know, if she got first place, I got second place. It was just since the first Junior Worlds in 1997 in Sofia, Bulgaria, when she just barely beat me, that was our trend, right? But I remember coming off the floor with a hundred and it was maybe a hundred and ten kilo snatch or something. It was like a last warm up. She was directly across from me, and we locked eyes and we both came up with the same weight and did that snatch. At it was almost like um, we had practiced it, but uh, it was it was startling. And I just I just remember that moment and and having to really focus and not let that distract me. But uh, it was over so fast. I think I went one, I don't even remember my jump. So I might've been 115, 120, 125. And that 125 snatch I had never done before. And I had missed 122.5 kilos at the trials. So typically then I would have to take a crack at it, maybe Clark away or something like that. And then the next and kind of feel it or whatever, but then the next competition, I knew I was going to get it, but we, we went straight from 120 to 125. I was having a really good day and, uh, you know, I needed a little extra on that total for, cause I was, I was really good in the snatch and, and still had not developed a real, a real massive, uh, base of strength. Right. I, I had only been accumulating strength for four years. So my clean and jerk, um, was just a little bit behind, I think compared to the other ladies. So, so I needed a big snatch. So I went out there and I did it. And uh, I remember the barbell passing by my face really fast. And then it was just over my head. I don't, uh, I, it was, it was a really, like, I distinctly remember standing up with that and going, I just actually snatched that. So that was very exciting. And really one of the few things that I remember, uh, the other thing that I remember in the clean and jerk this is a funny story. I might've told you this before. The only thing I remember about the clean and jerk is my last attempt uh, on the competition platform. And I went into the little holding area to sit in my chair before I got called out. And I remember one of the seats was wet and I was like, Oh, that's weird. I don't want to sit in that chair. So I sat in a, a dry chair and I went out on the platform, got called 145 kilo clean and jerk. It was my, my last lift. I had already gone 
I had already made all my lifts. So this gives me a six for six day and just, um, you know, probably clinches the metal. And I go out there and I get uh, set and, and I had a dynamic start. So I'd kind of fidget around, then roll the bar into me and then go. And right at that moment, I noticed that there had been a wet spot on the platform and it had been dried up. But in that moment, the only thought that I had was, oh, somebody peed the platform. And that's why one of those chairs was wet. I'm so glad I didn't sit there as the bar was like passing my knees. And then I, then I made that last clean to jerk. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> the best lifts are when you can take your mind completely out of the moment and think of something completely different. And if that's what it took, then that's what it took. It was just, just a little, just a little spark of recognition. Then it was back to business. You know what I mean? Cause I was doing that clean and jerk, David, I was clean and jerking that weight, but it's, it really is like, um, I, I, and I remember after, you know, going to, you have to do like a lot of media as it turns out when you win an Olympic medal, like they heard you into a room and you sit in front of, uh, well, you know, you're a media guy. You're the guy, you're the guy with a tape recorder and the arm outstretched, right? You're getting the scoop. So um, they ask us a bunch of questions, uh, you know, like, uh, and it, it makes you feel um, like LeBron James after a, a Lakers game, you know, and they're kind of sitting up there and they're like talking about how good they did. It kind of makes you feel like a, um, like a badass for, for a moment. So you do your little interview and, and I believe because what happened was uh, Tara not Cunningham, my teammate had just been awarded the gold medal because her, she, she originally placed second place, but her competitor who got the gold medal Bulgarian tested positive while we were still, still there at the Olympics. So she got stripped of her medal and they, they were giving it to Tara and the USOC wanted to, to have her reissuing of her gold medal to happen during my weightlifting competition. And she refused. She was like, no, I'm, I'm going to see my teammate like compete in the Olympics, which was, and I didn't find out until later. And it's, it just speaks to the incredible woman, um, you know, that she is and, and, and how we felt about this opportunity that we had to share with one another in this moment that we were sharing together. Uh, but afterward we, you know, we did all that. We got carted off to the U S um, and it was the USOC at that, at that time. Um, it was the Adidas house, I believe. And it was this beautiful, gorgeous facility, um, on an estate right across the Harbor. And we had a view of, uh, you know, the, the opera house and the bridge and the whole nine yards. And, and she got her gold medal and we, we celebrated and it was a long, 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 long day. I don't think I'd ever been so tired my whole life. Uh, but it was, it, it was all a blur. I'm actually quite surprised I remember as much as I do about it. Um, but it was an amazing day and, and one that if I, if I didn't have memories of and somebody just told me happened, I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe you. I, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that they make you do a lot of, a lot of media after that. I'm still making you do media <laughs> oh, I'm used to it, David. It's it's over 20 years later. I'm still making you do media about, about that about that one day. We're reliving it. So, oh, you know, this is my favorite part. This is, this is you, you get to you get to you get to feel like storytell. Yeah, there you go. After a Lakers game, tell stories. So, what was the 
end of because you you competed you know toward the end of the weightlifting sessions so what was the rest of your experience like as an athlete at those olympic games did you get to go and and spectate any other sports did you get to enjoy yourself a little bit because yeah the the heavyweights have to like kind of train the whole way you're not you're not done in one of the first few days of competition so right right fortunately uh weightlifting though is is sort of toward the beginning of the olympics so there there is there are several days typically after i'm done um to act like a maniac and and revel and do all the fun stuff and, and go see so my family like I said, was there in Sydney and they actually had rented an apartment uh, on Bondi beach and it was right down the way from the beach volleyball facility. So uh, that first day I was done, I just, I spent almost exclusively with them. I mean, we hung out at the beach uh, we relaxed, we played, we splashed around, we got knocked over by the crazy Pacific surf that we weren't used to coming from like Georgia, you know, like we, you don't surf off the coast of Georgia, but these things were serious. So, uh, I just remember playing, uh, with my family and, and then, uh, I believe that we went to a, a soccer match. I think we saw Italy play. It was like Italy and Spain. And we also went to, I think we went to a softball game. I know I went to a softball game at least once um, because I knew some of the ladies on the team at that time, like Dot Richardson um, and like Lisa Fernandez. uh, Those were coincidentally both pitchers, but they, you know, the softball team was great. And we, uh, we had done like a lot of media and stuff. So leading up to the games was crazy too, because everybody knew that we were, you know, the first, uh, the first lady weightlifters. Right. So, uh, you know, we did the TV shows I think I was in New York city the year 2000 and the year prior, at least 15 or 20 separate times, um, uh, for, you know, a variety of reasons. So, uh, a lot of the other athletes too, you know, at certain banquets or whatever, um, they would turn up or photo shoots. I remember I met Stacy uh, Dragula, uh, who ended up being the gold medalist in, in pole vault. I think it was, um, you know, one of the first times uh, a lady's been able to do that. So it was, uh, I was starstruck to say the least. Um, what was the whole point of that? I was telling you a story about something, David. This is what happens when you give me a microphone. <laughs> I was I was going to ask about uh, uh, you talking other about, sports. Talking about you yeah, talking about other softball. sports. There you go. See, um, uh, softball. I think you know what that might be. It that might be it. Because um, now I'm thinking about water polo, but that was a different Olympics. I went to water polo. Uh, we might have seen some track and field events too. Uh, but there were, were a couple events that we were able, able to get tickets to see. That's the thing too, is, is really hard to get tickets to stuff. Obviously. Um, my parents actually had to, to get in line and secure additional tickets for my session, uh, to see me lift weights. Cause you only get two, I think, or you used to only get two. Um, but being finished and still at the Olympic games, is, is a really super cool feeling. Um, I might've ended up in a different town one of the nights and then snuck back into the village the next day with a certain Oscar Chaplin, the third, but we won't go into too much detail about that because we were, <laughs> we were, we were young at the time. Right. But, um, 
man, we had a great time. And Australia is a, it's a beautiful place. It's a gorgeous place. And they really, um, they really made us feel very, very welcome to be there. And, and we just, we had a blast. Did you feel any additional pressure being one of the first American women, one of the first women to compete in weightlifting at the Olympic level? Did that, did that feel like you had an extra burden you were kind of carrying into those games? I didn't. Um, I didn't at all. And, and, and not perhaps, um, not, not to say that you should have felt that that's not what I'm, right. not what I'm saying at all. I'm just, you know, it's, it's being a, a pioneer in anything, um, whether it's, whether you choose to be a pioneer or whether you're just, Hey, I'm a weightlifter and I'm just going to, I'm going to lift weights and do it to the best of my ability. It can sometimes carry that extra right. weight to it. Right. Totally. Totally. And, and I don't disagree with that at all. And I think that it did. Um, but it, it was more, you know, you know how I like to make a good first impression, David. So, you know, that generally trying not to, uh, you know, and, and be a good sports person. Right. And that was always important to me. Um, so, so the gravity of being on the, the inaugural female team, it, it was there. Um, but perhaps that, that feeling is there anyway, you know, you want to represent your country, um, with grace and you want to fight hard. You want to show the world that, that, you know, the ladies on the side of the pond are strong too. And, um, so, so that is there, that is there and it, and it's an honor and you do feel that, um, you know, but, uh, a burden or, or perhaps some, some additional pressure that, that I didn't, that felt icky or I didn't want to feel, um, you know, I think that's just part of the package. I, I embraced it and, and, uh, I wanted to make my family proud. I wanted to make my country proud and I wanted to make my teammates proud, you know, my coaches who work so hard, um, to make this happen. And see, that's the thing too, that I think struck me a little bit more is is the the orchestration of the whole thing to know that you know, like the legions of volunteers and and everything that has to come together to make this event happen is because you want to lift weights you know so what do you what do you do with that you're here you're here to honor that too um and to be to be a part of the process that you need to be, you know, to play that role, to be the athlete and to fight hard and to do it with dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, a, it's a, a sight to behold going, like if you haven't been present at an Olympic games, it's, it's madness how many people come together uh, just to, just to kind of compete with each other, you know, and, and that energy is a good, good energy and it's sacred energy. Um, and I think it's, it's one of the few times you can feel that kind of energy is at the Olympic games when people come together like that. Now you're still pretty close with, with your teammates from, from that Olympic games. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, now Kara head slaughter is just hands down my bestie. So we'll go ahead and throw that. She kind of got stuck with me though, when she ended up being my training partner leading into the, into the Olympics, we trained on the same barbell for three solid years. So, um, she, she was then, uh, my support and, and my dear, 
best friend and she still is. And I'm very, very fortunate to have somebody like her in my life. Uh, Robin is just down the street. Uh, Robin Goat and, and, you know, her kids lift. And of course, uh, Dean Goat, her husband was a, a quite talented weightlifter as well, but they have their family right down the road in noon in Georgia. And I bump into her every once in a while. And I tell you what, there are few people on the planet that are just as delightful as that woman is. Uh, if you ever see her at a competition, this goes to anybody hearing or listening to this or seeing this, stop or say hello, you won't regret it. She's just absolutely, and, and again, like I said before, just one of the most, um, it, well, one of the most decorated, uh, I mean, she was an Olympic, or uh, not an Olympic champion. She was, a, she was a world champion in 1994. You know, she was, she was a part of the uh, first um, female group that had a world championship in 1987. I believe that was the year, the very first women's world champion. She was on that team and she made it all the way to the Olympic games and she's got some stories to tell and she's just an incredible human being and um, somebody that I need to talk to. I need to talk to both of the little ladies more. I talked to Tara uh, also, like I said, on, on that Zoom call recently for the podcast and it had been a long time since I, I talked to Tara, but she is uh, the same as she ever was. And she's so humble. It's so funny to see. She's like the, she's the most unassuming Olympic champion, I think. And you, it, it's always a joke. Like, oh, if you win an Olympic medal, like, or people always say that if they won a medal, they'd wear it all the time, which is not true. You wouldn't. Um, you think you would, but you wouldn't. But Tara takes it to the extreme. She's like, yeah, it's just it's something that I did. And she's soft-spoken and just super humble and just so graceful. And just what an incredible, like I told you, um, you know, saying no to, to somebody putting an Olympic gold medal around your neck uh, to go watch your, uh, your teammate compete. And she just, that's who she is as a person. She's got five kids. Um, a husband who's an amazing wrestling coach. Um, and it's just, it's good to know him. And it was, I think we need to schedule calls like that more often, David, because I talk to Kara all the time, uh, but, but having all the ladies on the call at one time was just, it, it filled my heart up and it was, uh, it was a great experience and they're wonderful people. Well, it was you all against the world and uh, right. in, in, in many ways, just a, a pioneering group. And we look at where weightlifting, where women's weightlifting is in America right now and in the world right now. And it's in many ways, just as hyped up as, as the men and some of the most visible athletes and some of those popular athletes in the United States, at least, are these incredibly, incredibly strong women. And I know that they have, I, I know you're a pretty humble person as well, Cheryl, but I'll say they have you and the women you lifted with in 2000 uh, to thank for, for, quite a, for quite a bit. So uh, it, it's, it's really cool to look back and reflect, but also to see, hey, where USA weightlifting and American athletes are heading into you know, hopefully Tokyo, Tokyo 2020, but really Tokyo 2021. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and you know what, that's the, uh, I, I think, and it all comes full circle, right? Uh, you, you only appreciate where you are when you, when you see where you've come from and, and it's the figurative passing of the torch, right? So what we do at the Olympics, we, you, you got to pass the torch so that somebody else can carry on. It's, it's almost entirely the whole point you know, and to do so peacefully with one another. And, and it's really knowing, knowing what the Olympics 
has brought to my life in, in the pursuit of that goal every four years is um, it's a gift. And I'm so uh, grateful that others get to keep experiencing that gift. Um, and I hope weightlifting is around forever. And, and I hope uh, American women and women all across the globe continue to have the opportunity to, to do so and to discover how strong they can actually be. Awesome. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for your time today. It's, it's amazing hearing some of these stories that I'd heard kind of secondhand before, but really diving into the experiences of, of just a kid at the Olympic yeah. Games. And uh, what, an, what an, an amazing, amazing set of experiences and, and thing you accomplished there. Um, really just the beginning of your very storied weightlifting career. So thanks for giving us a little insight into that slice of your life. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, David. Always a pleasure, sir.